Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to your first Hollywood crime scene mini episode. Mini-sode. Is that what they call them? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. It's a mini-sode. Um, hi, welcome. Hey. Uh, so people have been asking us for more content and we're happy to provide. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. So, uh, this week our mini episode is going to be about the actor Stephen Collins. <clears throat> Stephen Collins? Where do I know that name from? Uh, well, Rachel, Stephen Collins is probably, uh, most well known from the show Seventh Heaven. Yes. Did you watch that show? I was telling Desi earlier that I have... Cool, so obviously I know. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen several of the episodes before, but not, like, by choice, really. Just that they were on all the time growing up. And they're terrible. That's a show I, like, vigorously did not watch. Right. Like, I made a point of never... Like, I remember seeing the opening credits come on and immediately turning, whereas normally I might just let something slide. You're like, oh, In no. the background. I was I like, don't there's no so. way I'm watching this. Um, anyways, if you don't know, Seventh Heaven was um, about... He played Reverend Eric Camden, a Protestant minister. Uh, and he... I think the premise of the show was that he and his wife had seven kids right (laughs) they had a shit ton of kids and in the later seasons they had more kids okay or the the kids had kids right i actually knew stephen collins a bit from things before seventh heaven he was in some tv movies that i really liked (laughs) i just want to mention them briefly because i like this he played uh john kennedy and the, the miniseries, A Woman Named Jackie, oh. which I highly recommend. Okay. And he was also in um, the TV movie based on the Dominic Dunn uh, book, The Two Mrs. Grenville, Grenvilles, which is um, loosely based on a real life true crime from like the 50s or 60s. Okay. And he played um, the murder victim. And it's a really good book, which I've read. And I like the miniseries too. But anyways, he's definitely most famous for that TV role because role because that show was on for like a hundred seasons right I think and it was very moral Christian it's very wholesomely Christian we watched a clip before we recorded this that was literally anti-pot which is like the late 90s and you're still like hardcore reefer madness (laughs) it's just square as can be it's one of my favorite um pieces of comedy actually and I'm gonna post the clip on our Twitter account because it's so over the top ridiculous it's really corny. Yeah. Jeff Sessions probably loved the show. Oh, my God. Um, okay. So anyways, that's your background. He's very famously Christian, moralistic, good guy right. type reputation. Um, one interesting thing I did see on his Wikipedia, which I wanted to mention and has really nothing to do with what I'm about to talk about, is that he's a practitioner of transcendental meditation. <laughs> no that shit. very, very odd. And it said that he had taken part in an advanced uh, TM yogic flying technique since 1980. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds like very spiritual. <laughs> He's not that spiritual. Uh, anyways, 
1985, he married an actress named Faye Grant, and they do have um, a daughter together. She, she was born in 1989. And so the story really starts when when Stephen and Faye start divorce proceedings. Um, he filed for divorce from her in 2012, and that's when shit really hit the fan for him. So um, they're in the middle of a nasty divorce, and in 2012, he, I guess they were in therapy for some reason, and during one of those therapy sessions, Grant decided to tape the session because she had heard some information previously, and she almost baited him into revealing it again during these therapy sessions. Um, she had been advised by her lawyer that it's legal to secretly record people when um, someone is committed a violent felony and molestation really? is one of those felonies that would count as being legal to record someone admitting to. That was the thing I always wondered. Um, <clears throat> how, did they, did. how did yeah. they get the tape out? Well, initially what happened was the tape was released somehow <laughs> to TMZ and TMZ is the outlet that broke this story. You can actually hear the tapes that are still up on TMZ, actually. I've heard some yeah. of them before. Uh -huh. So in this tape, uh, Collins confesses to molesting an 11-year-old girl in New York who was a relative of his first wife. This is a direct quote from the tape. Uh, he says, there was one moment of touching where her hand, I put her hand on my penis. Then he also acknowledged um, a couple of times that he exposed himself to several girls who were about 11, 12, and 13, I think in the late 70s and early 80s. Um, so Grant really pushes him in these tapes. At some point she says, when you exposed yourself, did you have an erection? And he uh, answers her, no, I mean partial, maybe, I think. So he's like pretty sketch and either doesn't have a great memory of these events or is whatever, not remembering on purpose. <laughs> Uh, and the other girl, I think, was one was in L.A., uh, and she was like a neighborhood girl that he did that to. And he said that he apologized to her right away. Um, and then he said that there was another girl he exposed himself to in, in New York around the same time, early 80s, and she was also about 12 to 13. So in addition to leaking this to TMZ, Grant also gave the um, a copy of the tape to the NYPD, and they interviewed her, like they flew someone out to interview her in LA, and um, they actually started up an investigation at that point. Um, so uh, they were investigating at least three victims, and the investigation was regarding inappropriate sexual contact with minors. So um, one of, I think I already mentioned one was a relative of his first wife, um, and at the time, so this is like, what, 2014, 2014? No, 2012. Uh, they, because of the nature of the crime, even though a lot of time had passed, you were still, um, they were still able to possibly prosecute. There wasn't a statute this. of Yeah, there wasn't a statute that had been uh, met yet. So he was pretty mum after all of this went down. And then in December of 2014, he gave a sort of a written confession to People Magazine, of all places. Wow. <laughs> um, and he, was, he went into pretty vivid detail explaining what had happened from his point of view. Now, in this thing, he said, 
that he had uh, three victims and he had inappropriate sexual contact with them in 1973, 1982, and 1994. So it actually went up into 94. Wow. Um, and then he is in that interview or confession or whatever you want to call it, he said he had not had an impulse to act out in any such way in the last 20 years. He also um, wrote about why he hadn't said he was sorry to the people he had assaulted or exposed himself to. Um, and he said 40 years ago, which is like only <laughs> counting the 1973 one, I guess I did. So I guess he counts that one as the worst because he actually had her touch him. His whereas penis. the other ones were just exposing himself to the girls. So he thinks of that as the most he thinks of that egregious. as the most egregious one. Right. I mean, I don't know. Uh, 40 years ago, I did something terribly wrong that I deeply regret. I have been working to atone for it ever since. I've decided to address these issues publicly because two months ago, various news organizations published a recording made by my then wife, Faye Grant, during a confidential marriage therapy session in 2012. Uh, the session was recorded without the therapist or my knowledge or consent. On the recording, I described events that took place 20, 32, and 40 years ago. The publication of the recording has resulted in assumptions and innuendos about what I did that go far beyond what actually occurred. As difficult as this is, I want people to know the truth. I did have an opportunity to do so with one of these women 15 years later. He's talking about apologizing. Mm -hmm. I apologized and she was extraordinarily gracious. Um, but after I learned in the course of my treatment that being direct about such matters could actually make things worse for them by opening old wounds, I have not approached the other two women one of whom is now in her 50s and the other in her 30s. So he kind of apologized and then basically said he didn't because he thought it would make it worse, worse for the victims. How do you feel about that? I mean, both of us have been have victimized. Been, right. And I, as much as I don't want to give him any credit, I kind of agree that I don't really fucking care <laughs> what, what they would say. Yeah. And I, at this point, I feel like it's just for them to feel better. I actually got a letter one time from my abuser um, uh, and it didn't, and it, it, it was a really bad apology too, because right. he's such a shitty person. But I also just feel like I'm, I don't want, I don't want any part of your recovery. I don't want any part of you. I don't want any part of you in my life. Right. Fuck, fuck off and die forever. I personally, me as a, someone who's been victimized before, I don't want I don't fucking give a shit about their apology because to me it is all of about them atoning for their own sins and not making it right necessarily. Right. Like I don't care that they got it off their chest and they feel better. Yeah. So I don't know. I know I'm, I'm not like I can't speak for every single person who's been victimized before by this type of crime. I'm just saying from my own experience. Right. I don't give a shit. In about my the own apology. experience, also, also I don't know. I would actually. I don't want to say that it would traumatize me, but it would be if I got a letter in the mail or something from my dad or whoever. Right. It would freak me out. Yeah. So and I don't I've already moved on. Right. So I don't know. I think it would be worse, but I don't want to give him any credit because <laughs> I do think that in some ways he might just be a pussy also. But he's like, oh, look here. See, I'm doing the right thing by not apologizing. Yeah, I just don't care about the abuser's feelings. I don't either. And you know, I honestly don't really believe in um, forgiveness in certain things. <laughs> like in this sort of thing, 
I don't feel like people need to forgive to move on. They can move on without having that aspect of it. I totally agree. I'm not like one of those people who are like, then you can move on. Like, I've moved on. So that would only bring things back to me. Well, I don't know. I think when it's like a crime that's particularly heinous. Right. We're not talking about someone who cheated on you even or something right. of those lines. This like, is something that affects your the rest of your life in a horrible way. Right. I feel like when it's this kind of crime forgiveness I think you have to forgive yourself I think that's part of it but I don't necessarily think that you have to forgive in the traditional sense the abuser no and I don't even know what you would be forgiving yourself for actually well I just mean forgiving your (laughs) giving your like for myself like a lot of people who are victimized think it's their fault oh okay I never did that so that's why I was like well what am I forgiving myself (laughs) <laughs> yes, forgive yourself for making you think it was your fault. Right. You Not to, like forgiving yourself for doing anything. No, I'm, yourself in that, I meant right. forgive yourself. Right, like right. Be forgiving yourself and also that part of that, for me, part of that making amends to myself is going Not to therapy. Not blaming yourself. Not yeah. blaming myself. Right. Going to therapy. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you weren't victim blaming yourself. No, I'm just Oh my God. <laughs> please, honey. Um, okay. So... Um, yeah. Then he also gave an exclusive interview with Katie Couric, which I think it was like when I looked it up, it was literally like one of those things that were so 2000s, like AOL slash Yahoo dot Newsnet. <laughs> like one of Wait, those. Really? Things. Yeah. Katie Couric, I guess, had some kind of weird show sort of thing on AOL. Oh, this AOL. is before. No, this is after. This is after. So this is like 2014. This so interview. she had a weird old timey thing. It was still called AOL slash Yahoo. What? I know. Doesn't that seem like it was like 100 years ago? Yeah. But no, it wasn't. So uh, in this interview, he gets like into a little more detail about things. First of all, he is very adamant that he is not a pedophile. In his words. Sure, Jan. In his words, a pedophile is someone who is mainly or wholly attracted to children. I'm not. I had a distortion in my thinking where I acted out in those ways, but I'm absolutely not attracted physically or sexually attracted to children. I'm just not. Okay. I, I don't really know. Uh, I here's. I think it's maybe true that uh, you cannot be. I think you can be attracted to both or have. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be a pedophile. I have no fucking idea. But like, I feel like I don't. I I feel like he like he can think exposing himself to children is hot while at the same time still think fucking a grown woman is hot. Right. Because I don't know if if pedophile is actually defined as only being attracted to children. That's yeah. where I don't that's where I don't know. That's why I don't get cuz most of the people who molested me were fucking women too. Right. Like do you know what I mean? Like so uh, well first of all who fucking cares? Right. <laughs> I don't really care like what your primary attraction is like right. when you break the law and do that. I I don't know what his I guess when you're doing something horrible, you really want to distinguish yourself from people who are even more horrible. It's like when you it's like when you rape someone, but you've had consensual sex before in the past. You're still a rapist. Right. Like when you rape your wife or girlfriend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, whatever, Stephen. (laughs) Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates, go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. Um, so he goes on to explain more about what he did with that girl, which the first one, which he, I guess, thinks is, like you said, the most egregious. And he describes as unthinkably wrong. Uh he he I guess I don't know what he quite did. But he explains it as he took her hand and moved it in such a way that she was touching me inappropriately. So it sounds like he this is a person that sounds to me that they know what they're doing is wrong and they're trying to make something accidentally right. happen. Oops. Where it's like he has like whatever plausible deniability. Yeah. Um he also revealed to Couric something about what happened to him as a child that he said may have contributed to his bad behavior. This is his quote. I did have someone in my life when I was between the age of 10 and 15, an older woman who repeatedly exposed herself to me. Uh, he didn't blame her for his actions. Um, but then he goes on to say, I did these things because for whatever reason, oh wait, sorry, I'm sorry. This is, I meant the wrong quote. He said, I think that that distorted my perception in such a way that part of me thought because I never felt like I was molested, it never occurred to me that word never crossed my mind as a 10 to 15 year old boy. It was a very intense experience, but I think somewhere in my brain, I got the equation of, well, that isn't so terrible. I mean, the person who I trust is doing it. 
So that sounds kind of like he is saying it was responsible for his thinking then in that second right. quote, right? Right. Because he's saying what she did was not that horrible. Because he also, it's not um, that he did this for a minute in his 20s, like in the 70s. I assume he was in his 20s then. Right. Um, but he also did it in the 80s. He also did it as yeah. late as 1994. And he clearly knew. He knew it was wrong. It was wrong. Like, I feel like sometimes... I've heard other child molesters really seem like they're in a different mindset. Like this is someone who clearly knew. I mean, I think they always know they're doing something wrong, but like right. this one seemed like he really was stopping himself. So it's like, why couldn't you just not do that one stupid thing? Like you didn't even like, yeah. I, I, I mean, he was truly pushing the line. I think something about it got him off. Right. And then I am, I I have to say, I would like to hear a little bit more about this older woman who exposed herself to him. Because he's not even saying she did anything to him, just exposed. Like, what is this, the woman, like, opening up the door in her robe? Like, is she just some horny housewife in the neighborhood? Or is this, a, a like, a fabrication? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so then he goes on to say... He, I did these things because for whatever reasons, okay, Stephen, I tried very hard in the last 20 years to understand I did them. I'm not saying, you know, this woman did this and therefore I did it. So I don't know. He, uh, so he was in treatment for 20 years. He said he felt remorse for his victims. I had mentioned before he had personally apologized. So he went to treatment after the last time he in molested someone? Okay. Yeah. Treatment for twenty years. There's a, there isn't child molesters anonymous. Was it SLAA? Maybe I don't know. He didn't say, but maybe it was just therapy. Right. It, it didn't have to be specific to um, that. Right. Um, and then I think I mentioned before he didn't want to reach out to the other ones because he didn't want to open up old wounds. But he apologizes in the interview. He said, I think of those women every day, and I would say with all of my heart, I am sorry for what I put you through. And I want you to know that nothing like that will ever happen again. Now, I'm <laughs> sorry. Isn't him going on this, doing this interview and all of this, bringing up the pain for those women just as much as apologizing? That is a good point. Right. I thought about that because now it's very public. Right. And it's, he, beyond the public, like he can't help that his wife released the tape or whatever. Right. But he didn't have to go on all these apology tours. Right. And like making putting his face on tv right and it's like i don't see i see wanting to explain your side of the story when you're innocent <laughs> when yeah. you're actually guilty i don't know what he said here that we didn't already get from the tape do you know what i right. mean like it wasn't like she made wild accusations we actually heard his confession on the tapes right. so i don't really quite know i don't know it's not like he's denying it it just makes less sense when he's actually confessing to everything i don't yeah, know it's a conflict I, and i don't think i think I, I get that he knows he does seem to know the difference between right and wrong. Right. Like I don't think he's a sociopath. I just think that he's still not owning up to it. Yeah, completely. it's sort of not completely. Um, then he also claimed in this interview that Grant recorded the admission during the therapy so that she could get um, him to sign a divorce settlement that was more favorable to her. Uh, she released a statement responding to that saying that Stephen's statements about me are false and appear to be an attempt by him to deflect from his contact. I sincerely hope Stephen gets the help he needs, which is like an all time great thing 
as an ex to say about someone, right? I like, hope they get the I hope they, they get, need. yeah, where it's like, right. I'm a good person, but, but I'm also, <laughs> like, that is such a great, like, it's such shade. A nag shade, right? It's such yeah. Shade. I really hope they get the help they need. <laughs> um, she could be a horrible person, too. I have no idea. But she didn't molest children. This is not her story. Uh, so, um, so according to him, though, she said, she said to him, here's our settlement. You're going to sign it now or this recording is going to find its way into the media. Wait a uh, minute. But I thought he didn't know about the recording until it hit the media. Well, this is what he said in the Katie Couric interview okay. after the fact. Um, and I, like I said before, she denies even leaking the recording. But how the hell would it have gotten out otherwise? Right. Um, I love that. Da, 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 da. Uh, and then also, okay, here's another thing after the fact. Stephen actually sued Faye at some point for a million dollars, claiming that because of what she did, he lost work, which is true. He did lose work. And they took Seventh Heaven off all the right. stations out of syndication so that all those other actors, they don't get residual checks anymore. Oh, so they should all be suing Faye too, or him. They should. I would uh, be fucking pissed. And he's saying she had no right to do it, um, to record him. And um, she was responsible for leaking the tape. Um, he wanted a million dollars. And I think that that would have just been deducted from her share of the community property, which is about $14 million. I actually didn't see if there was a resolution to that. So he's got money. Yeah. I mean, he's I mean, been on TV a long time. Right. Um, so like you said, he was, um, that show was basically taken off the air. I think at the time he had a a high a high level uh, position at SAG, which he was dropped from. He was dropped from a recurring role on Scandal, and he was fired from a role he had in the upcoming movie Ted Two. I remember that. And he was also dropped from his talent agency, the Agency for Performing Arts. Well, if there's an opening, I'm available. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so like there was like talks of um a Seventh Heaven reunion. And the woman who created the show, her name is Barbara Hampton. She's like all on board with including Steven. No way. Right. She said, I would include him. I think all the actors would love to do a reunion show. It'd be really fun. <laughs> I don't know. Jessica. Biel I don't think feel about a lot that. of the other people are on board. And in fact, the actress who played his wife, Catherine Hicks is her mm -hmm. name. She said she'd only do a reboot if Steven's character was killed off. Good for Catherine. You know what? That's what I thought until I saw another interview that was more recent from 2017. Uh-oh. Where she said she's ready to forgive if the reunion show, if the show's creator hinted that a reunion show will really happen. So clearly her work dried up in, the, in between <laughs> right. her hardcore statement of I'm no way. She yeah. stopped getting those residual checks. She stopped getting those residual checks. And now she's like, you know what? Let's forgive her He kind of said he's sorry to Katie Couric. It happened so long ago. Um, And then... There is still an ongoing investigation in uh, charges remain open in New York City, but it doesn't really seem like anything's going to happen right. at this point, right? Well, like, I wonder if the women even want to go through the honestly. Like I was thinking this, that. so much of that shit happens to us throughout our life and yeah. throughout most women's life. Do you think that they even remember? Right. Like, do you know how many times? I people expose themselves to me. I know that oh sounds ridiculous. No, I and do. not just like I'm not talking family members. Like I remember walking in the street, people pulling over in their car and jerking off. Like I, I, I saw a lot of that shit growing up. I was um, <clears throat> I was about 14, maybe 13, and I went to the ladies' room at this restaurant uh, back home in the Bay Area, 
and I'm sitting down on the toilet to go pee, and I look up, and there's a man staring at me through a window. Like a little way, like he's standing oh, up on something. Right, there's right. a window high up on the wall, and he's just looking at me, like looking, and the expression on his face looked like he was jerking off. Right. And I was in the middle of peeing, so I couldn't, you know, I had to hurry up really fast, and I ran out of the bathroom, and I was with um, a family. Uh, I was with a friend and her family having dinner and I just I told my friend and you know we're like 13 years old and all we ew you know gross and like and it and I remember feeling really really violated and it was awful but I didn't that guy didn't get caught right and he probably did it to a bunch of people yeah I mean obviously I feel like the first girl knew who he was right because she was related to him or related to his wife and oh, by the way we're not saying that oh whatever this stuff happens get over it we're saying that it's horrifying i'm more talking how, about do they even remember it's horrifying how it common it is because i think saying. i'm a, i'm thinking he said they were just neighborhood children right right like, um so yeah i mean i feel like it's weird to think he's telling this stuff and there's women out there who might not even know that it was him right and putting it together but yeah it's a weird story yeah and anything that's like I think because I grew up in a sort of religious family you guys might not know this but my family was Mormon my mom was not Mormon but I was very involved with my grandmother and all of that stuff so I'm really fascinated by uh the moralistic religious type people even though that was just his character it still kind of makes it more fascinating when they're selling you this bill of goods and then they're secretly fucked up, sex depraved type right. people. Like, right. I mean, there's a lot of it, obviously. Right. We. I always just am fascinated by these stories and I actually have a lot more I want to do on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> because be- there's, they're pretty much a dime a dozen. Right. Because there's- when you are not sex positive, that shit comes up in bad ways sometimes. It like- does. It does. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just... It's wild. It's like, yeah, I mean, when you said, like, they might not even remember who it, who he was, like, I think that, for me, that just goes to show how common it is. Right. And, like, when you're a kid and, like, I feel like everyone, every child has some story, story where something right. creepy happened to them, not necessarily that they were molested, like, physically touched. Right, but there but was always those stranger. people where it's like, don't go to that person's house or there's a creepy guy yeah. at the store, right. like whatever. Right. Right. And I only said that about them not remembering, not because I don't find it would have been traumatizing, but like we said before, it happened to me pretty frequently yeah. enough where I couldn't tell you who all of them were, like right. just people in the neighborhood. Who were um, creepy. Right. So, yeah, it's just like a weird, it's weird, I think, to have it be so public because yeah. obviously someone who exposed themselves to me is not on TV talking about it. Oh, my God. And, right. like, uh, I don't know. Like, again, going back to the, like, would I want to be apologized to? Like, if it was something, like, like I had enough, I have enough trauma that I remember that happened to me. Right. What if it was something you had forgotten uh, or, like, <laughs> like that, regressed, that's, right? Honestly, like, that's the thing that scares me. I, like, I had this, I, like, there have been times where I've, like, 
you know, been going through it. And I'm just like, what happened to me that I do not remember that I'm suppressing? I always think that. And I'm always afraid that I'm going to remember something Because well, obviously, awful. if you follow me on Twitter or have heard any of these shows, I do joke a lot about my trauma. And then part of me does get scared sometimes. I'm like, is that because I've regressed all the really horrible things? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's like, these are the ones I can kind of make fun of. Right. And then all the really horrible ones are like deep inside of totally. me ruining my life. Right. And like, I've been through... <laughs> years and years of treatment for my own stuff but like oh my god i haven't <laughs> <laughs> well, don't some, hypnotize some, me some of us are drug addicts and need an extra boost right i'm not saying i don't need it and i don't have any uh disrespect for people who do treat their trauma and i'm just i'm like old school <laughs> i'm like a out. marine does he really is a marine i'm like a pat conroy book where he has like the military family and you just suck it up <laughs> Look up your pain and move forward. It's very unhealthy. And believe me, I have panic attacks all the time. So I'm definitely not a role model. Um, but yeah, that's Stephen Collins. Yeah. Thank you so much for our first bonus episode. We hope you liked it. Mini episode. Or mini so not bonus. Yeah, You're right. These Sorry, are always going to be free. Um, and yeah, well, thank well, you so much for listening. And as always, check out all our social media accounts at Hollywood Crime Scene. Uh, most of them, I think, are Every, Hollywood. Everything is Hollywood. Facebook's Hollywood Crime Scene. Instagram's Hollywood Crime Scene. Only Twitter. Twitter is H. Wood right. Crime Scene. And donate to our Patreon. If you have the means, it's patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. There you will get right. access to our secret episodes. Those are the bonus. Those are the bonus. Those ones are super nasty. Yeah. Um, you'll really love those. You can laugh at those without feeling guilty. Right. Yeah. But if you let out a few chuckles during this episode, we totally understand. Well, yeah. It's there are some ridiculous aspects of any horrible story. Right. That's what I tell myself about my life. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we'll see you guys on Monday. Okay, bye. bye.